Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Super Deluxe Gamescast. It is Thursday, uh, I almost said March the 5th. It's Thursday, May the 5th, uh, and it's been a slow news week. So we've got some, we've got one, we got one great news stuff. Uh, yeah, I'm really happy about it, to be perfectly honest with you. So that means we can talk about whatever the fuck we want. So, uh, Derek, what are you doing there? You, just, are you, I, you, you? I feel slightly oh, out of focus, but I have to reach I, and it's, it's, anyway. You were looking, you know, seeing you're looking a little, you were looking a little blurry. I was like, Derek, did you like watch the ring video recently? No. And like, is, is that why you're coming in blurry? I have my uh, aperture probably set, uh, too, uh, too wide on my lens, but I, it's okay. I see. I see. Well, um, so yeah, so tonight, here's what we're going to do. As always, we're going to talk about what we've been playing. Derek has a special little interesting Yeah, I haven't played any video playing. games, yeah. so I've got I've got a, so, a passion topic I need to Derek's rant about. A, Derek, Derek's a fake don't, gamer. Don't give him, uh, and, don't give him anything. <laughs> and, uh, and then we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about Square Enix and their selling of, uh, what was it, Ubisoft? Uh, Mont- not, or not Ubisoft, Ubisoft, Jesus Ubisoft. Christ. I'm, I'm Eidos, Eidos, uh, Eidos, Dynamics, and, and Square and Enix Montreal. Montreal, right. Okay, I was thinking Ubisoft Montreal for some reason. Uh, and then we're going to talk <laughs> about our favorite comfort games. Uh, but first, I want to introduce our very cool guest. This is her first time on SDGC. Uh, uh, my friend Danny, who is not only a streamer, but works for Sony. Danny, how are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Um, so you work for Sony, but you also, you were a streamer yourself. Um, yeah. You do some really, really cool stream. What do you like to stream? Uh, for the last year and a half, it's been all Soulsborne. So cool. like, I was, yeah, I was doing, a, it was all JRPGs for the most part. But then um, one of my friends donated to a charity stream that I was doing to have me play Bloodborne and wanted me to play for one stream and I played for like 130 hours. Yeah. So that's, that's all I've wanted to do for the last couple of years. And, uh, um, uh, I've been a fan of your content for a while. Uh, and I think fi- we needed an extra, uh, an extra talking head tonight. And I figured why not ask and see if you wanted to come on and it was short notice. So I appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, yeah. so uh, what are you drinking by the way? Corona. Cor- Cinco All right. de Mayo. Oh, it's a good choice. Uh, that is oh. a good. It is Cinco de Mayo. Okay. Uh, uh, Derek. Derek, what are you drinking? I got IBC cream soda. IBC, dude. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Justin is pounding that water over there. Um, but I, I do have it in my um, in my Baja Blast. Uh, oh, cup. so I, I, I did water. refill it. <laughs> do you, J- Justin? Yeah, are you, Justin? Are you getting that hint of uh, of Baja Blast in your water? Is there some? Just just a just just a slight bouquet, like an essence. I, I I think that's been thoroughly rinsed out by now, but I don't know. I, I it, still have not ever had Baja Blast. It's good. What even is the flavor of Baja Blast? It's tropical. Like, what's it supposed Blast. to be? Yeah, <laughs> just it's vacation flavored. It's, uh, it's yeah. passion fruit and star fruit uh, all mixed into one. I, I have no I idea. I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure it's just chemicals. It's. I mean, it's Mountain Dew. So, uh, what is the flavor of regular Mountain Dew? Uh, the flavor Citrus. of regular Mountain Dew is it's gamer flavored. Actually, I, I believe myself. it's primarily orange. Weirdly, wait, what? What? Yes, Mountain Dew is, I believe, primarily orange flavored. Oh fucking shit! Why is it green? It's not exclusively orange. Why well, is? I'm sorry. Well, it's more like piss yellow, but but that's still not fucking orange. Doesn't orange? Matter. Who the fuck is getting orange big, flavored? Big from Mountain red Dew? is almond flavored. Why is it I red? It doesn't matter. 
I think there's legitimately like orange in Mountain Dew. Like not no even a joke. What? No, yeah. come on, that's bullshit. I'm glad to have already derailed this podcast that, before I intended to derail the that podcast. That is fucking all right. All right. So 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 let's. So speaking of derailment. Uh, let's go through what we've been playing this week. We're going to end on Derek because I already know what he's going to talk about, and I've got a, uh, I've got a, re- we're, I've, got, I've got a rebuttal to him. No, you uh, don't. I, no, you don't. Oh, I, yes, I. Oh, yes, no, I do. Um, so I'll go ahead and kick us off real quick. I ha- this week, so I, uh, and it's interesting that we're talking about comfort games this week because I have been playing a comfort game myself. Uh, I've been replaying Front Mission Three uh, on my PS Vita. I fucking love Front Mission. I love, I love Square games. I love old SquareSoft games. And I love old PlayStation games. Uh, so when you roll those together, um, I mean, you guys know by now, if people listening don't know my tastes, then I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but I've been replaying Front Mission 3. Not my, not my first replay. I've replayed it multiple times over the years. I'm doing my uh, uh, I'm doing the uh, Alyssa route. Uh, and there's actually there's there's two different routes in this game. Uh, and it's really like playing two. like you decide early on, uh, you know, it's a certain choice you have to make. And it puts you on a on two completely different branching paths uh and it's it's essentially two different games uh and it's just fucking great the replay value is through the roof um i i love you know i i there's something about old blocky polygonal ps1 visuals that just bring a smile to my face uh and uh danny have you played front mission 3 no, I've watched some gameplay, but I haven't played it myself. Oh, you owe it to yourself. It's fuck. I know Derek has. Like Derek, it has Derek, large robots. Of course, I've played it. Good right, or bad, exactly. And I'm assuming Justin has as well. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been quite a while, but yeah, okay. I, I have played it. What a what a great fucking game! Like I I just I could and it's a long game too. Like that that is that is not a short game. But yeah, no, I've been playing uh, Front Mission 3, and uh, next week I am going to be picking up uh, Aiden Chronicles Rising. I'll probably play through that, and I will finally get through uh, 13 Sentinels on Switch. Did you back Aiden Chronicles? I, fuck yes, the main I did, version? Dude. Okay. Oh, hell yeah, yeah. dude. You're like Fucking, all in on that project. Dude, it's so. a sweet get into spiritual successor by the same developers. Of fucking, of course I did. Like, there is, I never there is played no, so... Uh, but I'm happy for you. Oh, Derek, you are fucking missing out, son. There's so many I've JRPGs. Never, I've never the played them either. I, Justin, I've what the fuck? Things, at least, but I've never played them. At least I'm assuming Danny has played it. I've played. Not Derek, much, but a little bit. Okay, well, at least you played it. Like, like uh, Suikoden 2 is a... You know what? I can't start talking about Suikoden 2 because I, I will I wasted too much time playing Xenosaga, which I deeply regret. Oh, so. you poor... <laughs> we had a conversation about this the other day, Derek. We you did. wasted your fucking time. I did. Um, all right, uh, Danny, let's go... We'll just go uh, left to right here. Danny, what have you been playing this week? Uh, all Elden Ring, all the time. I Fuck, literally... Yes. I just... I'm, I have a um, like a bleed and sort of dragon build that I've been working on every yes. a while ago, and so I am just kind of blowing fire and poison and flies at people. That is so. that is exactly how I played through Elden Ring. Was I did like a very bleed focused samurai build, went into the faith and miracles, focused on dragon spells. Yes, yeah, it's it was so, so much good. fun. I started off like super balanced, like I was I was literally spreading my points through everything and wasn't getting anywhere. So I uh, got kind of focused and now I can kill everything. How, also, like, how many hours are you in? I'm 140 hours in or so. And nice. um, or actually, no, no, sorry. I'm level 140 um, and I'm around 90 hours in. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, how, how far into the story are you? 
Not far. I've not been far. like running. No, I. No, so, that's the best part about this game. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually, I generally hate open world games because games like Assassin's Creed and stuff, it just looks like a to a to do list to me, and it just yes! feels like work, right? And so, um, so with this, just like not really having any focus and being able to put marks wherever I want them, and just be like, yeah, I want to kind of explore this area. Um, that makes it a lot more appealing for me, and so. Um, like generally my life is extremely structured and just being able to pick a direction and go is bliss. So I was saying that like week after week after week when Elden Ring came out was like, I I can't stand the Assassin's Creed format. I don't want to collect 37 pages of the constitution. I don't want to check off a bunch of boxes in a bunch of grid lined. Right. Like I, but something about Elden Ring being like, pull up a map. Do you see that? That kind of looks like a building on your map. Check that out. Like, I love Mm -hmm. that. That, that has worked for me so much. Oh yeah. It, It makes it seem like more of a game I can play rather than just another assignment. So also, yeah. my cat is here, so if she makes it, I'm sorry. What, no, 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 no. You're fine. Animals no, are animals are encouraged. Yeah. This is a uh, this is a, a this is a pet friendly podcast for sure. I, um, I am surprised I do not have a cat tail in my face. Yeah, right. I mean, it's usually how I spend the. It'll happen eventually. Uh, my uh, my son is actually uh, my he's 14 now. I don't know what the fuck happened, but. Uh, he's been playing Elden Ring. We play, we play together a lot and, uh, he will text me. He, you know, he lives with his mom. He'll text me, uh, like, dad, let's play some, play some Elden Ring. I'm like, oh, okay. And he's actually running a bleed build. Uh, and, uh, cause I gave him my rivers of blood because, you know, that's what you're supposed to do as a dad. And, um, and so we play together and we'll hop on chat and he, he gets all formal. He's like, he's like, father, now we quest together. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that's what we're doing. <laughs> Your and, uh, son is just Chris Hemsworth character in the uh, the twenty sixteen Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters yeah. right? Yeah. But like as a yeah. fourteen year old, and yeah, no, like, I love like, that for him. Like, like Danny, my son is like he's incredibly hand. He's an incredibly handsome. He's kid. so beautiful and so like, dumb. He's like a golden like, retriever. <laughs> like, like he is like he is legitimately like. Uh, a friend of ours, uh, my friend's mom across the street, he was like standing around and she says, he looks like a goddamn Ken doll. Um, <laughs> he does. Like, like, he does. He's, a, he's like he's incredibly in handsome. Training. And he is a super duper himbo. Um, like, like <laughs> that, that boy, that boy, show sometimes, by that the boy way. Chugs, I hope he's listening now. That I love boy that chugs his respect son. women juice, and I love that yes, for him. He, no, he does. He he does. He. I once asked him. I was like, "Bud, tell me all the swear words you know." And he's like rattling off like shit balls, fuck ass, and I'm like, "Wow." <laughs> and then he says, "I also know the b word, but I won't say that because it's disrespectful to women." And I was like, "Holy shit, dude!" <laughs> like, I love this child. I love him. Yeah, Derek actually <laughs> gave him some some tips on hair care uh, while he was here. Um, as a, as a good queer does. He is very, very fastidious about his appearance. Um, yeah, but he's just he's just a good fucking kid. He's just a good kid. Son, if you're listening, I love you, bud. Uh, we're going to see Doctor Strange tomorrow. Can't fucking wait. Um, ah, I'm so excited to see that. Oh, I can't wait to see it. Uh, Justin, what are you playing this week? So I, I've got a couple, um, and I, I'm really excited to talk about both of them. Um, first one I'm going to mention is Trek to Yomi. Which uh, just came out today. Ooh, I've heard mixed things about that. Yeah. Yeah, that's about where I am mixed. <laughs> um, I, which is unfortunate because I was actually really looking forward to this game. Um, for the, if you don't know what it is, basically, um, 
it's from Flying Wild Hog, but it's like a 2D, a black and white 2D side-scrolling game. Well, mostly side-scrolling, but it's um, heavily inspired by Kurosawa. So it has like, a, it's it's letterboxed. It has, it's all in black and white. It has this really cool like grain filter um, on it. It makes incredible use of like camera angles and stuff like that. It's all, it's fully voiced in Japanese. Um, so it's, you know, like classic samurai movie like it's got like you know like rips like ripped film right. and stuff effect on the screen it's really really cool it looks awesome in visually Ogen. i think it's really appealing Vis- visually it's fantastic um the cutscenes actually do a really good job of emulating kind of like the camera style and stuff and then all of a sudden you start playing it and <laughs> that's when things go downhill um the animation is not good when you're playing. It's great in the cutscenes for some reason, but like when you're playing it, like slashing the sword almost looks like some of the flash games I used to play, like when I was in high school. Well, and and I, I heard there's like no weight behind the combat at all. No, there's like, none. There's, like you can't tell if you're getting hit. You can't tell if you're doing anything. Um, it's really, really unfortunate because I think what the team accomplished visually is really spectacular. Um, that's really I, unfortunate, man. I, this was I'm, gonna keep, I'm sorry, I, Justin, go ahead. I'm going to keep going through it because I think visually it's awesome. And I, I do really like that aspect of it. But like. It just does not play very well. Um, and it's it's a bummer. That sucks, man. And this was not this was announced pretty recently, right? Like it wasn't the 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 gap between announcement and release, if I remember correctly, was pretty short. I think it was announced a while ago and then just kind of vanished for a while and then they talked about it again and then it came out. Um oh. Uh but the other game I want to talk about is super super cool and I'm really glad I checked it out. It's called Final Chern- Fantasy Six. It it's called Chernobylite. Um Oh yeah. And well, uh, I've it's, heard of this fucking game. It's been out on PC for a while. It was out on PC and early access for a while. The console versions came out in the fall, but they just released like the PS5 and Series X versions of it, as well as adding ray tracing to the PC version. So it kind of just got a big update. Um, but I decided to check it out and it's really fucking cool. <laughs> um, so it's set in Chernobyl, um, as you never might have guessed, might have yeah, guessed. That's a- uh, and you play as Igor, who's this, uh, he's this former, uh, he's this Ukrainian scientist that had worked in the, in the power plant, like before, you know, the meltdown and everything. Um, and his, his fiance had gone, had disappeared like shortly be- before the meltdown. He, and he starts getting visions of her. So he's, he heads back to, to Pripyat with a couple mercenaries that he hired. Um, to try to sneak into the power plant and try to locate her because he thinks she's there. Um, and from there, things go bad. Um, but after really? that, <laughs> yeah. So um, <laughs> after that, um, you you have this home warehouse base where you have to like, you have to build stuff to, you know, be able to craft different things, but you also have to, to care about like your crewmates comfort levels. So like if you don't have a bed for somebody, that'll screw up you know how they think about you you have to decide like their food rations you have to make sure that you know they have stuff to entertain themselves there's enough power so the lights aren't flickering and driving them crazy um and stuff like that um they call it a survival horror rpg um which it's it definitely like 
it's not like a traditional FPS. Combat definitely feels more like something like Resident Evil Village or something like that. So even though it looks a lot like like Metro and Stalker um, and stuff like that, it's really different. But there's a huge emphasis on player choice. And like there's a ton of like storyline decisions that you can make um going through it and it all built it's building up like from the very beginning of the game you have a heist board and you like as you find you know, items and request uh and you know get get got crew members on your team uh you can you can take on the heist at the power plant and it all culminates in basically like the mass effect 2 suicide mission where like how much people like you uh factors in decisions that you made throughout the story factor in um you you assign them certain roles when you go in and then also there's like choice split seconds like do you have your sniper take this guy out do you try to sneak around this other way um it's really really neat all right all right all right so i've so so you you're you're talking about heists and stuff right i have a question how important is family in this game is is family very important is family more important than anything in this game i'm gonna mute you I'm gonna mute you for but, the stream. Um, do you live your life a quarter mile at a time in this game, Derek? I you, you don't. But okay. Um, there's also some other really cool touches. Um, like you can customize the difficulty of like the survival elements, which is really great because I usually hate that sort of things. But like I could turn that down and it let me just play and enjoy. Turn the up the game. radiation. Um, and then uh, another really neat thing is. You need to have certain members of the crew to be able to unlock certain like abilities and like the skill tree and stuff. But instead of just like going into like a skill tree on a menu, you have to go up to them, tell them what you want to learn. And then there's like an actual segment of them teaching you how to do that. So sometimes it's a playable section. Sometimes it's like uh, a conversation. Uh, there's one that's really funny um, where like the Huntress and your crew, uh, you know, I, I chose the one that would expand my inventory. And the entire thing is just her giving you giving you shit. She's like, oh, I'm the only woman in the crew and I'm the one that you asked to help teach you how to organize things. This is like, this is like, this is like whenever Brit gets mad at the rest of us. <laughs> and then she like goes off on you like, deserve it. she's like, yeah, I hate that shithole that, <laughs> that you have us stay at. I'm not going to help you clean it. Wow, like, this is like when we stayed at the murder hotel. Derek, this game is our fucking podcast. It's also literally what happened to me at GameStop. They kept transferring me from store to store to clean the stores. Like, yeah, that's this... my actual life. We, but but yeah, it, it ended up being a really, really cool game. Um, I actually platinumed it, uh, which I wasn't expecting, but it ended up just be basically being finished, the game, essentially. But really neat little game. Um, if you like that kind of like gas masks and AKs kind of setting, like Stalker and Metro and stuff, give it a shot. It, yeah. It's pretty neat. Did I used to smoke play, pot. Um... Oh, sorry. I gonna... oh, I was just gonna. I used to smoke pot out of a gas mask in high school. So this game sounds like right up my alley. Danny, um, you, you ever play uh, Papers, Please? Yes, I have. I, not, have actually. I have that it, game... but I have not actually played it yet. It's so good. Oh, yeah, you have to I, do I, the same sort no, of thing it's... where you're like managing your household and making sure they're comfortable and everything. The 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 weight of the decisions in that game, like. It's f so much heavier than you would initially suspect. Like yeah. that that I, game hit me fucking hard. I was killed for my family going into debt because <laughs> I was trying. Oh no, my camera died. I mean, you know, oh, yeah. I, I, it, 
as it happens, you know, like that's, you know, that that's, that's life, you know, like, you know, you, you know, your family goes into debt and you get killed. Right. That um, happens now. So, like, right. It happens now. So. <laughs> We're slowly. It's like, it's literally like you have to pay for medicine for heat and food and then like your family dies or you. Yeah. So I went into debt. My family all died. Fucking capitalism. That's the problem. Yeah. That's capitalism the problem. in like in, in fake Russia. So Derek. Yeah. Uh, so Derek, I haven't. Here's the thing. I haven't played like anything in the last week um a big part of that is it's derby week many of you know i live in louisville kentucky and i work in local television and news so the week of and leading into the kentucky derby is kind of a very very busy and weird one Fake um, gamer. yeah i know i know but um i mean i've played a little bit but it's been stuff that i, I talked about last week right nothing new um i've also been trying to keep my slate open for an incoming review code um, so that I could just jump Ooh. right into that, which we cannot talk about yet. I but, know. Um, so tonight, instead, I want to talk to you all about a, a a joking topic that got brought up last week, but I believe I need to seriously talk about, which Please. is uh, the blood countess Elizabeth Bathory was framed by the Holy Roman Empire and is okay. innocent of Derek. all crimes accused to her. So, mm, I don't know, man. So, in order to... So I did some research no, on this. No, no, stop. So first no, off, stop. I, no, I need to start, okay? Because you know shit and I know everything. Okay? Let's let's get that straight. Uh let's get that game. You ever heard of Dunning Cougar? <laughs> right. <laughs> so here's the thing, okay? And and you're gonna think I'm crazy, you're gonna think I sound like a conspiracy theorist, but I promise you that Occam's razor really does go to my side on this, okay? So Elizabeth Bathory had a tremendous amount of of wealth and land and political power for a single woman in the era of the Holy Roman Empire in Hungary, in Transylvania specifically, which is a subset of Hungary. All of Transylvania is basically within what was Hungary, but not all of Hungary is Transylvania. Anyway, um, it is because her, her parents basically were two incredibly politically powerful people um, so she was born into tremendous wealth and power, and then she married into even more wealth and power, and then her husband died out, like, fighting war, some shit. So she ended up being a single woman with no children with a tremendous amount of land and wealth, and due to the way that her landownings were set up, um, her land was basically strategically necessary for the Holy Roman Empire to actually fully control Hungary. And her nephew was growing up to eventually, potentially become the single greatest threat to King, I don't remember names very well, um, of the Holy Roman Empire at the time. So in other words, he would have been able to, for example, easily move armies through the land that she occupied safely and blockade them from controlling Hungary. Okay, so we have a, a woman, a single woman with tremendous wealth and landownings that stood in the way of a, a large imperial power. Right. And like, look, we live in America. We had like a witch hunt thing. So we should kind of be familiar with the idea that sometimes we just are terrified of women in general. Um, so tell me which is easier, John, that a woman who through circumstances had a, a tremendous amount of land that was necessary 
for the Holy Roman Empire's control over Hungary, killed 600 women and bathed in the blood of virgins and okay. all of this other stuff, okay. or so, or so. that she was framed, because I will also bring to, to you that all of the first, like, anecdotal evidence, all of the people who came forward and said, oh, well, I heard, and, and it's all hearsay, mm. by the way. Nobody was like, yes, my cousin died. It's like my cousin's friend's uncle-in-law uh, went in and never okay. came out. They all were people who lived in the areas that were under the control of the, uh, what is okay. the, I don't remember the title, but it's basically the, the second level under the king in terms of political power in Hungary at the time. The minister, it's, vizier? No, it's, like, it's, it's, a, it's a word that begins with P, and again, I don't know Hungarian potentate? nobility titles. Um, but well, okay, all right, all right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, Derek. I got yeah. so a, a, a noble defense to be sure, and I agree that these 650 number is probably wildly exaggerated. No, I don't yeah. think she killed 600, but they found dead and dying girls in her, yeah, because it was the like, plague, man. <laughs> oh man, come on, Derek. This, the plague was <laughs> like, ravaging Hungary at the time. In fact, the first person that they dug up to use as an example of, oh, she murdered this person, was the months old corpse of a servant who died from the plague, who even other servants said died of the plague. People were dropping left and right from that shit. Uh, I mean, her, dude, her cruelty was noted by her own family. Um, it, it, I, I, I'm I mean, not saying she wasn't potentially awful. Most rich and politically powerful royalty of the time were. But I like, mean, I mean, I don't know, man. Like they they found a bunch of bodies when they entered her home. Not, and I'm not. I'm talking like her home, Derek. Like they 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 found dead girls when they entered her home. Um, According to the I, I, investigation carried out by the Holy Roman Empire that needed her land, yes. Uh, nah, I'm I just mean, saying. I'm mm, just saying. I'm just. This is the one conspiracy. Y'all know I'm anti-conspiracy, but this is the one conspiracy. I mean, I there's go down 300 with. witnesses that testified against her. All of them who testified after uh, the Holy Roman Empire accused her of such crimes and paraded her out with the corpse of a plague victim and said that it was a torture victim. I, I, I know. And I who once week. again How the fuck lived, did this come up last week? I a, a joke was made. <laughs> and, and now we're here talking about Elizabeth Bathory on our yes. video game podcast. Yes. You all got a history lesson. Your history lesson is that oftentimes when women are the villains of history, that they're especially when their uh their their existence runs counter to massive imperial interests that Maybe, maybe. I listen to podcasts mm. about this. Um, I've never heard of this lady, but I do listen to podcasts about this and yes. about witches and stuff. Um, oh, well, which you know, um, and it's called Criminalia. Um, so that podcast is about like crimes that happen in history and everything uh, that might not have been talked about. Um, going off of what I've learned from that, this theory could possibly be true. But I would say maybe she killed people and then also there's a plague happening because it's a lot easier to right, blame one right. person for a lot of things happening. Um, like it's everyone wants to blame someone, right? Yeah. So it's always a lot easier to be like, oh, this person is a witch. We should burn her. Um, I will so. never say a rich and politically powerful person is innocent because that's yeah. rarely true. But yeah, I'm just... I, I would say potentially. 
Yeah. I will just I will just note that we should not take the word of the Holy Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah, I I literally like I've just been trying to read the entire Wikipedia while you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, didn't work as well as I intended. Yeah. I don't That's know. It. I, I know. I, mean, I know. Who's the this villain is not- in Castlevania Bloodline, so it's got to be true. Right. I for mean, sure. I mean. Thank video you. Video games are whip. Yeah, right. Like video <laughs> games are pretty accurate. Like, like it's a good way to learn history. That's what I was. That's what I've always so that's, told. People. That's what I've been playing Honestly? this week. That's yeah. what I've been playing this week is getting getting things ready for the derby and also doubling up on my research about uh, the Blood Countess because that has been one of my pet random causes of like this is like the, the Salem week. witch. Tr- it's like the Salem witch. Tr- I've I, I can pull up old tweets, man. This is <laughs> Derek's like Derek's like. Look, man, I'm a defender of Elizabeth. I'm not. Of, of I'm Elizabeth not a poser. This is new. Going right. way back, man. Like I've right. been defending her for years, bro. Right. Like, I would, in fact, say she has girl boss energy. <laughs> no, <laughs> CJ Mitch trying oh to make me God. say. <laughs> anyway, Derek, why? I'm, I'm I'm intentionally being inflammatory at this point. Holy but- <laughs> shit. There are other people who say that it's a cons- it was a conspiracy against her. That, um, there are there are pe- so yeah so Derek like, found his people. Yeah, like Derek, <laughs> there Derek you is, go. Look, Derek if I'm going to be in with conspiracy people, to be fair, if I'm going to believe in like one conspiracy, at least it's this and not like the moon is hollow, right? Yeah, like you know, this is you know, Derek, is based in a historic mistrust of of um, accusations against women by political power. Uh, as opposed to like science denialism or something. So. Yeah, I just yeah. Want- no, this is a much better conspiracy theory. Yeah, I just want to point out. No, I don't want to talk I about have- Moonfall, Atma. <laughs> no, I, I, I have, I have. Don't. I just want to point out to everybody listening right now that I have approached Derek Justin and our friend Tom Johnson about an SDGC offshoot podcast called Cryptid Currency, and nobody has responded to me. No. I don't think I can do where we just talk about cryptids. I don't, I don't, I can't get high enough to keep up with Tom. I can't like, uh, dude, I, come on, man. Come on, dude. We got to do that cryptid podcast. We got to talk about Chick Hydrobot. He's absolutely a cryptid. Well, for sure. But that's not, that's neither here nor there. All right. Speaking of what is here and uh, here and there, uh, it's a bad transition. And you should feel bad. Okay. I'm two drinks in. All right. (laughs) Fuck you. So let's talk about uh, that. Was too harsh. I'm sorry. No, Derek. it's okay. You kind of. Deserve I deserved it. it. <laughs> um, let's go ahead and jump into where the first of our two main topics tonight. So uh, this week we found out that Square Enix uh, sold three, essentially their entire Western Dev uh, stable uh, for three hundred million dollars. Because it was it was um, Idos. It was. I- Eidos, Crystal Dynamics, uh, and it was Square Enix Montreal, Montreal, which I think was renamed from another team, and I don't remember what it the original was. Yeah, they, I can't they remember were, what it was. They were a mobile team. They were the ones that did, like, Hitman Go, uh, gotcha. Tomb Raider Go, stuff Tomb Raider like that. Go, right, right, right. Um, and and they sold they sold all the all three of these studios for three hundred dollars. Of course, uh, I think uh, it was a little more than three hundred dollars, John. Three hundred million. <laughs> oh, did I? Oh, sorry, I meant to say three hundred million. Yeah, um, like, yeah. Fuck, I, I, I would have jumped you know. on that one. I would have bought that shit. <laughs> uh, of course, with them go the Hitman, Tomb Raider, and uh, Deus Ex franchises, uh, and among like fifty others. Yeah, or like, among, like, th- those are the big ones. Those are the really big ones. Uh, but there's there's a bunch they lost. Uh, and um, uh, Matsuda, you're me Square the, Enix doesn't own Gex anymore. Uh, yeah, I know it's hard to believe. Legacy um, of Kane. And, 
the uh mm-hmm. this yeah legacy you can't not that they were fucking doing anything with that um but so i i like there are net pos in my opinion anyway there are net positives here and there are also just some weird fucking decisions being made here um 300 million dollars for these three studios does not seem like a lot of money i'm gonna i'm gonna be optimistic here okay i want to start on a note of optimism that is i think mostly missing from this conversation i think this is good for both sides <laughs> I, I, I agree with Derek. It's not I, the I best it's good move, for... but Kitty. it's a good move because Square has been kind of historically not managing these studios well and not getting much in the way results out of them. I, They've been uh, I like, I don't want to like point fingers and be super salacious here, but like no, but I, these I think, studios were not working under Square. Yeah, I think my my take on it is like, it goes both ways. These studios were not gelling well with what Square Enix wanted, and it doesn't seem like Square Enix was gelling with what but they wanted. Yeah. I also think that Square Enix was was vastly overestimating just how just how many some of these games, uh, or how how much some of these games were going to sell. Right? I mean, yes like, and no, because their their expectations are super high, but the actual was it Josh? Uh, no, no, no. Um, Mike Futter, I think, might have posted the the graphs, but. Um, the showing like the it was it was my the actual like profit year over year that these studios are bringing in i mean it's not great i mean it was i mean between the three of them it was like a six digit figure which is not good for three studios worth of profit right to be in the low six digits they were not bringing in money 300 million is like hey we get to offload these studios that we're having to put a lot of time and energy into trying to manage right. and not getting so, results out of right. and we get free money. The and- 300 million is also a bit misleading because they also took oh. on some debt. So it's kind of more actually like 600. Uh, like it was like 300 million cash, but they also took on some debts from okay. these companies. So that 600. What's the next word? Because I do need it to be higher than 600 Oh, 600, 600 million. Yeah. Like, okay. it's basically about double what it is in cash. Oh, okay. Like, okay. when you factor in the debts that they took on, which makes this make a whole lot more sense. That's all. I mean, it's still a weirdly small number, mm-hmm. I feel like, but... So... So you know, it, it it is important to note. I think, and and it, Danny, how how well versed are you on uh, on what's going on with Square Enix and their sale of these three studios right now? I've been paying attention to it, but it's mostly been like reading stuff on Twitter. So I haven't well, really like delved into it that much. Well, well, so I I feel like there's 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 two things to address here, right? And one is you know, as a Sony employee, I'm I am sure that you have seen this on Twitter uh, multiple times, guys. Sony is not buying Square Enix. Come on, this is not this is not a preparatory move. I think I think I think for... let's let's let me cut you off here because I also mm. get the feeling that Danny probably cannot, regardless of 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 that being true or false, probably. Oh no no no! I was just saying I'm sure I, I am I'm, I'm, I'm sure she's seen this more. anyway. But yeah. like I but I would have no knowledge of that regardless. Yeah. But, but, but guys, guys, it's not happening. Like, I think I, mean, I think it, people are scared about big acquisitions right now because of. Bethesda and then Activision, which is a pretty powerful like one-two punch. But I mean, it is. But but Square Enix still has like a five billion dollar market cap, and it's a Japanese yeah. company that can't just be bought out. So no, it's, nobody is buying Square Enix right now. Yeah. Um, this. Oh, we lost is, John. Uh, and 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 also, we we have to talk. What's that? Am I here? 
We lost, lost briefly. Yeah. It's fine. Okay. You're back. Um, so we, we, we do have to talk about the elephant in the room just a little bit. And that is the fact that um, Square Enix themselves have said that uh, in a note to investors, by the way, this is this is what that is. Um, Square claims it will it will pursue blockchain AI and the cloud using the um, using the money made from the sale of these games. Now, let now, now come on. Let's that's not all this is going to be used for. They're not going to just toss three hundred million dollars into blockchain and NFTs shit. And like it's, it's investor it's just, speak. Right, it's not going to happen that way, right? And like, honestly, cloud and AI investment is kind of a huge thing right now, and it makes a lot of sense for any technology company to be investing in them, especially in gaming. Um, those have a lot of known applications for gaming. Um, everybody's focusing on the blockchain thing because of the CEO's open letter from earlier yeah, I was this just year. Bring that up, like that which was is, that which not... is hilarious and tone deaf. But people like... don't play games for fun; they play games for <laughs> to to create, invest. It's like, what? uh, <laughs> nah, oh, man. No. <laughs> but like, that's exactly I mean, what I try to avoid in games. Yeah, yeah, fun, it, f- fun or investing. Like, it's just uh, a... <laughs> <investing>. <laughs> which one? <laughs> I'm awful at Monopoly for the same reasons. I want Danny. Danny's over here, like man. I don't know about you guys, but I play Elden Ring to create. Like I play, I play Elden Ring to invest, to generate in value. No, I play Elden Ring to just like go that way. Just like that's the best description of Elden Ring I have ever it's, heard. It's that urge to park your car at the side of the highway and just jump over the fence and run off into the woods. Like Danny, I want you to know, Danny, I am stealing that. I'm going to tell somebody that I I play Elden Ring to go that way. That's fucking outstanding. <laughs> Justin, go ahead, buddy. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. All right. Um, I forgot what I was saying now. Uh, blockchain. Granted, granted, I feel like Square Enix is going to try, but I think they're going to very quickly learn that that's yes. probably not going to be a successful avenue to invest in. Um, yeah. I, I think if you've looked at anything the past few months, like... A lot of companies tried to jump on that bandwagon and jumped off very quickly for various reasons. Um, I don't think I like I I 100 believe Square Enix is going to try. Oh, they'll like, try I, for sure. I like. I just do not think it's going to be any, especially when we know what kind of expectations Square Enix has for its projects and for return on investment. Um, I I highly highly doubt that is going to be a venture that Square Enix sticks with for a long well, time. I've actually got a question for Danny. Um, it's a two part question, and then I'll, I'll I'll toss that out to the group here. But since Danny's our guest, I want to I want to go to her first. Um, so if you could, so one, if you could see Square throw that three hundred million dollars <laughs> into something other than the blockchain because they're not going to use it off of the blockchain. What would you like to see Square Enix bring back or or promote? And two, what do you want now that those three studios are unfettered from Square, um, what would you like because I mean you've, you're talking about Legacy of Kane, you got Tomb Raider, like there's all these IP Deus X. What would you like to see actually what would you like to see these studios able to focus on now going forward? Aside from a remake of Final Fantasy VIII um i like <laughs> final fantasy 8 remake would be my top thing when they did the the remaster that was kind of awful a few years ago like the remaster cry. wasn't great yeah it wasn't no it great. wasn't it wasn't no but like the announcement just like hearing the music i was streaming while i was watching it and just like started crying in stream just like burst into tears um that i can respect, so, I can respect that. yeah uh so that and probably just more remasters and 
honestly, like speeding up the the process of, you know, like Final Fantasy VII, I feel like everyone wants those nostalgic, like square soft games. And they keep trying to redo stuff like with Chrono, uh, Chrono Cross. Um, they re-released that, but everyone's pissed off about the frame rate. So why not just like do it right? Especially if you're that focused on making sure that you have a good ROI. Um, like make sure that it's going to turn out make sure you're not wasting your time on those and make so. sure it's right the first time so you don't have to do continued patching and updating after the fact yeah it's what? really like, you better you pick a good a font good right character. out the gate or else john is gonna be <laughs> <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta get that font right man you gotta get that font right um Ew. like like no i i actually i i agree with danny and like you know like full disclosure like we we are Square Enix influencers. Um, we we do have a relationship with Square word. Enix. I know, but it's what we are, Derek. Um, we 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 do have a relationship with Square Enix, but you know the things that we love uh, don't improve uh, it, unless we criticize them. Uh, if we don't criticize, the things we love will never get better. Fairly and, and meaningfully, them. rather than through yeah. the hottest take you can drop into right. two hundred forty characters, which which okay. which we we try to not do. Um, what? With Final Fantasy 15 though, and stuff like people, it it got so much flack at the beginning, and then people are like, "Oh yeah, you have to play the Royal Edition. Like that's the that's the one worth worth playing." And you as, don't want yep. that to be the case. Danny, yeah. as much as I love Final Fantasy 15, it is after all the second best Final Fantasy. Um, yeah, I'm, I agree. Yes, yeah, 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 thank right. you, thank you, thank right. you. Fucking finally. Okay. Um, but but I I agree. Like. It, it took in like the Royal Edition took Insomnia from one of the weakest final dungeons in the franchise to one of the best. But it should have been that way from Jump Street, right? Like it, it that's that that is the version of that game we should have had to begin with. Um, and and I feel you on Chrono Cross, right? Like I I played the Chrono Cross remaster. We we got we got our, our review copies, and the first thing I noticed was you know like oh no <laughs> the frame rate um you know it, it runs worse than the ps1 version it wasn't great it, it wasn't great i mean it's it's chrono cross so it's still great but um i would love to see this money push towards a little more i don't know i guess you could use the term tlc for some of its uh some of its its its, its classic releases and uh, you know, which are all over the place to begin with, right? Like you, you mentioned Final Fantasy VIII. It was not a great remaster, but Saga Frontier was a fantastic remaster. Um, you know, like Square Enix knows how to do a remastered. I, I mean, they're they're they, they've got the talent. It's just it's so all over the place sometimes. Um, and I would love to see some of that money thrown towards treating these games the way they deserve to be treated. Um, are are there any classic IPs from those uh, studios that got sold that you would love to see make a return now that they they're they're kind of out there and doing their thing? Not for me, no. <laughs> like 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 the biggest thing that I really want is just like Final Fantasy. <laughs> I, I can relate. Trust me, Danny. Anybody who knows me knows that I can relate. Just yeah. give me more. Give me more Final Fantasy. Um, give me the pixel remasters on Switch, please. Uh, Derek. Derek, I now you you I I am sure there are games from those three studios that got sold that you would you would love to see a return to, uh, and I am guessing one of those games is Deus Ex for you. Yeah, I mean, like I feel good about these studios being with. I know Embracer Group bad, 
all giant company bad. I mean, that's the just Galactus of, that's just of like, video I game don't even, I think it's overstated a little bit, but mm. like, well, they've got what, like 120 studios now. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. Yeah. But like uh, THQ Nordic has, has been pretty fuck good THQ. for fuck. Like the, the one big guy at THQ. It's a complicated, it's not that I'm fuck not getting Mark. into this. Well, that's fuck, also fuck like Mark. A um, subs- subsidiary of Embracer. Right, because you've got and, like THQ Nordic yeah. Daddy and THQ Nordic Child and whatever. The point is, um, I think that these studios are tending to have a little bit more leeway under THQ Nordic and and the ability to go back to, um, you know, dead franchises and try to revive them or to work on things kind of the way that they want to work on them. THQ Nordic is a little bit more willing to take immediate like medium risks right then square has been with that western arm so i think it's better for the studios and with square they can just focus on what they're doing right which to me almost everything out of the eastern side has been doing great even games that don't necessarily appeal to me and they're not stressing out about like overblown expectations too. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, like Final Fantasy's doing great. Dragon Quest has been doing great. Kingdom Hearts right. has been doing great. I'd like to see more than those three franchises, but that's admittedly kind of hard to do if you're struggling with your attention split so many ways. Maybe it is time to reinvest fully in being a a Japanese, you know, a set of Japanese development studios, you know, working on new and old games alike. I'd love to see them take this money and re- and reinvest it in like a new studio whose job is just to work on trying to get some of these old cult classics ported and remastered and just available. There's too many right. old Squaresoft and Enix games that you can't play at all unless you want to pirate and emulate them which i mean for right now if that's the only way to play them you know whatever there's a lot right there's a lot bigger problems in the world than that but like it'd be great if people could pay money and support studios and 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 you know get them on modern systems but i i i would love to see um a return to the legacy of kane games personally uh a lot more likely to see that under thq nordic than under square i mean that's I mean, true and and like you know if you've never played the legacy Kane games like for from from a gameplay standpoint they, they they're all over the place in terms of quality but yeah. from a story and like a voice acting standpoint you don't get better like like i i'll never forget playing legacy Kane blood omen on ps1 for the first time and listening to simon templeman uh, voice uh, the lead character Kane. And I was just like th- that was some of the best voice work I had I had ever heard to that point. I was like, wow, these guys are fucking serious. Like they they are telling a story, and this guy, these people, they're all of them. Uh, uh, Tony J, uh, Simon Templeman, like like these guys were were just th- giving it their fucking all. Um, and it's such a that world has such. Uh, yeah, uh, at my Phoenix in chat, alas, poor Nobraptor. I knew him well. Well, not really. Like, like it, it, it's those games are so fucking good, and uh, I would love even just like a remaster of Blood Omen with those load times reduced, or le- you know, Legacy of Kane Soul Reaver, which is just one of the best PS One games available. Um, I never played any of them? Oh, Derek, Derek, you're missing out, man. Like, As a Nintendo sixty four, I think I played. I think I played Blood Omen two. 
you got you guys that, are missing. That's out. one of that's one of the top down ones starring Kane, right? I got a no, PlayStation what, and then all I did was play Final Fantasy games and so also what, Vigilante what, what, Digital what, what, World. What, Blood Omen 2 stars Kane, but it's like a three. It, it's a, it's a 3D game. Okay, um, I, I played Blood Omen one. I think. Yeah, Blood Omen one was great. It was like v- really violent vampiric Zelda, um, and uh, yeah, it, th- yeah th- I mean, Blood Omen was vampires is still, are in right now. I mean, B- Blood Omen is still one of the best PS one games. The load times suck. Stop being in. Anyway. But 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 man, dude, those games were fucking great. I would love. To see a return to Legacy King, but the one I want the most is Deus Ex to come back. Um, I know I I absolutely asked for this, uh, and I I just Adam Jensen is one of my favorite game uh, video game characters. Uh, that world is is just like it's such a you know yeah I know a lot of it's piss yellow and it, but but you know what man. It was so that was a world that feel that both those games, Deus Ex, um, uh, you know, Human Revolution and Mankind Divided, both felt so lived in and and real. Um, and I just I would love I, I, I want to see the story reach a, a proper conclusion. So I hope this means we're going to get more Deus Ex in the future. Just kind of jumping off of that, because um, this is, is something I I wanted to see. But one thing that um studios that have been acquired by embracer uh the past few years have been doing is a lot of remasters of their games um and the fact that we haven't yeah. gotten like i thought for sure we were going to get like a human revolution remaster i can't believe we haven't i can't believe we have it, not i would love for like a deus ex double pack remaster put that shit on switch games. let me take fucking adam jensen wherever i go like like um, and and that is something I think is very feasible. Uh, it also wouldn't have to be completely done by these studios. You know, there's plenty of studios that could do remasters and stuff. Um, that is something I'm I'm actually really hoping for. Um, uh, you know, or maybe if they you know want to revisit other um, parts of their history or something, get you know updated versions of some of those games out. I think there's a very high chance of that. That's something I'm look I'm looking forward to. Something I would like Square Enix to invest in. Yes. That we tell haven't me. talked about yet. Tell me. Is maybe reworking how they handle their publishing wing. Um, the past few years in the spring, they have basically like four years running. They have released titles of uh, fairly dubious quality um, under their Wonderworld. Uh. Under, under their publishing wing, uh, there's Quiet Man. There was hey, do do not left, disparage left, Quiet Man left, on this left podcast. Alive. Continually uh, disparage the Quiet Man. No, yeah, Quiet Man is responsible for one of our greatest dreams ever. Justin, we do Come not on. talk about the mom wife. That's so <laughs> such a weird fucking game. But um, Danny's like, what the fuck is a mom I'm wife? Tr- I'm trying to be relatively it's what it sounds like. This, I hate to say, I I'm trying to be relatively diplomatic about this, but um, I I think that the publishing side of Square Enix needs a bit of a rework in how they choose their product pro- projects and how they oversee um, quality QA and stuff on those projects. Now I'm just thinking about our quiet man's dream. <laughs> um, I, I think that's something that I think Square Enix could be a really good publisher. I mean, they have had a couple success stories with some of their partner partnerships. They've been like, doing pretty uh, well with, um, with yeah, Life is Strange. Not. Exactly. Um, Outriders ended up being quite a bit bigger than um, people expected it to be. 
I, I think I think they absolutely could do better there. But like like kind of like how I mentioned earlier, it was clear that, you know, Square Enix and these studios weren't quite, um, you know, they weren't quite jiving in how they were working together. It seems like there's also something like in the publisher um, developer relationship that's not going quite right in some of these things that they're putting out. And I think one, it's losing them a lot of money, but, you know, a lot of those games have been from good developers and are really kind of an anomaly with how they turned out. You know, it um, wasn't from a good developer. Huh. Quiet man. It was. <laughs> I'll, no, I'll never forget the, the whole game. There's no sound because your main character is deaf and we're just watching. We're watching these two characters interact for six minutes with no sound and Derek just screams, oh my God, do something. And Derek, do you remember the guy who ran around like he's carrying groceries in the rain? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's a game bug fixing would not have saved. That was a conceptually bad idea. Yeah. Okay. But, well, I digress. but yeah, like. <laughs> stuff like that. I mean, maybe they could invest in some stuff that's going to be maybe oh. riskier projects, but give it the oversight and budget it needs mm. to be a success. Yeah. Um, I, Parasite I think, Eve. Bring back Parasite Eve. God damn I it. think that's yep. I just think that's an area that's <laughs> I was just trying to suggest something that was different than just bring back an old franchise. Yeah. No, no, Justin, money J- Justin this. this is perfect. I'll recommend something to Square right now. Square, do a Resident Evil 2 style remake of Parasite Eve. Put that fucking put that fucking combat system in there, and 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 let's get it done. I it's been it's been fucking long. Like you know, they used to say she must not be forgotten about lightning. I'm saying the same fucking thing about Aya. Like br- bring Parasite Eve back. It's one of the best games you guys have ever made. Um, just a, a few. Oh god, I fucking love Parasite Eve so much. And um, just I, I would imagine climbing up the Chrysler Tower, all 100 floors, in an RE2 style remake. Like, god damn. I fucking, I'll please square. Like, as that long as I don't have to f- do an FF7 remake and actually climb all of those stairs, because I did that. I did, <laughs> I did that as the as the joke. I was like, no, we're going to do the stair cut scene because it's I did funnier. It so I did, I did that, and then too. the game was like, oh, you think you're cute, huh? Climb 100 fucking floors of stairs. Yeah, and I, I was like, for the next like 30 minutes of my life, just climbing stairs slowly. As I did my, it too, Derek. And I was just like, oh. I'll never do it again. I no, thought it was trolling me. Like, by the time well, I, I do it, I do it every I time. Like, I don't even I know. I do it every time. <laughs> I was like, will you at least let me skip when I hit 50? No. no. Nope. <laughs> nope. You're going all the motherfucking uh, way up. I, I, uh, or Vagrant, like a, a remake of Vagrant Story. Like, Vagrant holy Story. fucking shit. Yeah, somebody in chat pointed out Vagrant Story. Or e- or even just like remasters of games uh, lost to time that nobody talked, like Einhander or uh, Brave Fencer Masashi or um, you know, fucking Bushido Blade. Like, was that, that I was, was on my, like first PlayStation Underground disc. Yeah. 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 Brave Fencer <laughs> Masashi like, was fucking... Yeah, Brave Fencer Masashi was fucking outstanding. Um, or like Threads of Fate. Like 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 nobody played Threads of Fate, and it's a shame because that game is ridiculous and 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 awesome. Um, but yeah, I would I would I would love to see Square. I think, uh, go ahead. Derek. I think the important thing is a lot of people, uh, a lot of of consumers who who are very very plugged into gaming Twitter will read about 
Square selling these studios and investing 300, you know, into things like, you know, blockchain and AI and cloud gaming. And I think the equivalent of what pops into some people's heads is, oh, Square sold these studios so they can buy a monkey JPEG. And and it's like, that's not what's happening. In fact, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if the NFT stuff doesn't come to fruition at all. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if they tried something and then it flopped and they pulled the plug because that's what every NFT gaming project is that's doing. That's what I think is going to happen. But yeah, that, probably. I think, is the most the other thing is, so well, though. So many, I know, so many of these studios and, and, and publishers that are talking about NFTs, they're just doing it to please investors. Right. right? Investors agree. are going, this is a thing that makes money. Why are you not talking about it? I don't know what it is, that's but it true, makes but money. I think- I do think people made money. What's a people? And then the, 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 I do think the CEO is a true believer in this. Probably. I think it's probably going to be more than like, because EA initially was talking about blockchain big. And then like a couple months later, we're just like, we're not doing it. Yeah. (laughs) Like, like I, I, I think Square Enix is more, uh, dedicated to trying something they're not gonna that. blow 300 million dollars into no um, <laughs> no they're not <laughs> well and and one other last thing is and i think this was um was it was it cam hawkins maybe who brought it up one of our one of our buds uh wrote about this sale in a slightly slightly more forgiving and optimistic tone and pointed out that, for example, when um, IO separated out from Square Enix, Square basically gave them Hitman back, you know, just because it was worth nothing to them, right? And it's also just very possible right. that there's a certain culture within Square as counterproductive to ultimate business, you know, as as it might seem, to go we don't need this. This is not doing anything for us. So it's, it's effectively worthless to us. Right. And, and that's why for these studios, 300 million is, is a a pittance for these studios and all the IPs that belong to them. But to square it's free money because they were just treading water. I think it's even I think even more than that, I think Square Enix was never really super interested in these projects. Yeah, these are these are studios that I think they acquired for one reason or another that came with a lot of these IPs. And lost two hundred million dollars yeah. on two Marvel games on Marvel like, licenses, because if you get the Marvel license, it better be a huge same with Star Wars. It has to be a huge hit to make it worth the money. Um to continue that licenses because you're not you're not getting all the money from that right um so i i think it's just more of a case of you know they're not very interested in it but there are people at these studios that are so letting them go made the most sense just the thing that surprises me more is still that price tag just because right now um especially in like all this acquisition race and stuff that's going on ip is being highly valued because you can adapt it into something else you can do spin-offs you can do remasters you can do a lot and honestly i think some of that's harder to get than even some of the studios so see like like that price would have made more sense to me if like the ips weren't included the fact that the ips are included is the thing that i think is kind of shocking to see, me i feel like microsoft and sony both would have leapt at at the possibility of owning that set of studios and that set of ip for 
10 times the price easy. Um, if it like, were for Sony fact, just bought Bungie alone. Yeah, I yeah. For, I for over 3 billion. But that's the thing is yeah. Sony just spent over 3 billion on Bungie and Microsoft just spent how much on Activision? Like not only seven billion is that a huge cash depletion for these companies, but it's also the more you buy up and acquire, the more likely you are to get like that, that antitrust eye turned upon you. Um, the less like, you know, so both of both Microsoft and Sony know they need to stay out of the heat after recent acquisitions. They just can't, they've been on sprees and every purchase that either of them makes at this point becomes riskier and riskier. So, which is another reason why I don't think it's realistic that you're going to see them buy like, you know, Ubisoft or Square or whatever is, I think they're tapped. Um, but Embracer Group made out like bandits and Square still technically profited from it. So didn't Ubisoft just take steps to make sure that they couldn't be bought out as well? No. I, like I read that. Uh, so, well, okay. It kind it's kind of confusing. Um, you telling me. <laughs> initially, well, because a few years ago, there was like a, a hostile takeover attempt by Vivendi, and they did oh, a lot yeah. of stuff to, to ward that off. Yeah. Um, however, it seems like now they're trying to get like independent investment from yeah, like major said that, like, investment the firms. Family so the Gimos can it. stay in control of it instead of selling to somebody else. Also, the thing about ubisoft too is it's over twenty thousand developers and like integrating that into another company is a nightmare crazy that's that's double the total that's double the like when john suggested somebody would buy bandai namco yeah look okay shut the the least likely of Um, any of these companies to ever be bought by someone else so so i i want to you know i i want to I want to I want to jump into our last topic because uh, I want to make sure we have plenty of time to cover yeah. this. We've um, run out of, of Square Enix ground to cover yeah. anyway. So um, I want to talk about comfort games, uh, yeah. is, is, which are especially important now in these, let's say, extremely trying times. These times that, that are trying. Um, it, you know, video games are you know for for all of us. You know, everybody's got that thing that that kind of like takes them to another place. Right, like helps them forget everything that's happening. You know, for some people it's movies, for some people it's books, for some people it's games. Um, and uh, you know, one thing that emerging technology has shown us is that games can become more and more immersive. Uh, and uh, like Elden Ring is a great example, right? Like, like Elden Ring presents you with this huge world that you can just find yourself lost in for for hours at a time. Danny's a great example of that. And, and and if games it, to me have a, a a greater level of escapism than movies because you're an active participant as opposed as opposed to you know a passive observer um and and you know sometimes people are you know I'm surprised at at the games that that give me comfort and 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 kind of give me an escape so so Danny what are what is a comfort game to you? Well, honestly, it depends on my mood. So recently has been Elden Ring. Uh, kind of classically, it's been just Final Fantasy VIII and just replaying that, you know, once a year. Um, just because yeah, it, yeah. Yeah, it becomes sort of 
like a setting and a story that you know it's like rewatching a show that you've seen over and over it's just like you you know what's going to happen generally and you know how things are going to turn out and so that makes it feel really safe um but kind of on the opposite side something like elden ring or the Soulsborne games in general um i think the similarities between them make them more of a comfort because even something as simple as the um is <laughs> I, I like this chat. Um, um, <laughs> um, something as simple as having the same control scheme uh, makes it more of a comfort. So like Sekiro was not comforting to me because it felt so vastly different from the other Soulsborne games. Yes, that you're absolutely but, right. But then something like um, playing Dark Souls after Bloodborne and like Dark Souls 3 and then now Elden Ring having all the same controls. It's like seeing, you know, seeing a Chocobo again. You're like, ah, I know this place. Yeah, and so, it's familiar. Yeah, so suddenly it's suddenly it's much more comfortable, and it, um, you know, it gives you something else to stress out about, honestly, which is, um, it's good, and it also gives you that feeling of accomplishment once you actually do, you know, get through a, a part that's difficult. Uh, which you know, if you're getting, if you're trying to get through something difficult in real life and you can't, but you can get through something in, uh, in Soulsborne, then you know, at least you feel that. So. Right. And, uh, you know, like, it, it's interesting that you say that be because um, uh, somebody just said something on Twitter, which I know they meant as a compliment, but I'm like, what the fuck? Um, <laughs> I'll tell you guys later. Uh, but for me, like Dark, the, like the original Dark Souls is one of my all time favorite comfort games. Uh, and it's because of its it's the same reason the metroid games are because of its sense of loneliness and and isolation i i am a very withdrawn person by nature um you know i like i like to be alone um and that sense of 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 just you know being in a in a dark place by myself uh is is almost like a blanket to me i know i know that sounds weird like it, like it sounds like the antithesis of a comfort game um but there's a moment in dark souls where you reach the the tomb of the giants and you know it's 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 pitch ass black and you're walking through the tomb of the giants and eventually if you keep going you will come you and you will see the this distant red glow of lava illuminating some some old ruins in the wall in the distance you find out later that these are the demon ruins and i found myself just staying there for like a half hour just listening to the distant rumble of the lava and just letting that darkness wash over me um and and it was a it was extremely calming and and meditative for me um and and it, it's weird that like you know like like again it doesn't exactly sound like a comfort game because the the whole point of a souls game especially like the original dark souls is to stress you the fuck out um but i oddly enough take comfort in that in that oppressive environment does that make any sense yeah absolutely i think so that a lot of it, um, too, like the there's that same sort of feeling of loneliness in Dark Souls three. Um yes, as you get I toward agree. the end, um, especially and that like that even even Demon Souls, there's something similar as well. Um and that, you know, Dark Demon Souls is gonna be a lot more linear and everything, but the you still get that feeling when you get to certain areas. And now like 
with Elden Ring, there are certain parts in like the round table hold where I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. I recognize this feeling. Or the so, Lake of Rot. Oh, <laughs> I don't know. That makes me feel nothing good. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you can definitely, like, I, I think that sometimes just that feeling can be really comforting. Um, so something like, with, with something like Final Fantasy, the story is familiar and, you know, going through the entire thing, like I can play it, you know, play, play a game for 40 hours and that'll be familiar. But with something like Elden Ring, you can play it for two minutes and suddenly feel like you're at home. So it's definitely, that makes sense. Derek, what about you, buddy? I've got a few. Um, historically, two of my big ones were uh one was age of empires 2 which i've been playing i mean since when did when did 2 come out that was late 90s or or right in early 2000s it's hard to keep track of i was playing it at the same time as final fantasy 10 so that was like 2001 2000 ish was when i was something like that and i I think age of empires 1 was maybe late 90s and that's what i I'm, i'm remembering starting with before moving on to 2 but I mean, I've been playing Age of Empires 2 just on and off when I need a, a comfort game. And I'm not good at Age of Empires. I'm not good at any RTS game. Uh, you know, it's so counter to what I'm actually good at with video games. But I, Age of Empires 2 got me interested in history. Like, first, because I was just That's cool. a, a little still a boy, um, you know who was super into swords and warfare and like knights and all that stuff. But like, then it gets you drawn into learning the history of it and learning about like, you know, Frederick Barbarossa, learning about Joan of Arc, learning about Saladin, you know, learning. And then as these expansions keep coming out and then we get the definitive edition in modern day and then they keep adding expansions and they keep adding history. And like, I loved that age of empires four went back to that and went so far as to include like, mini documentary clips about you know how were castles made or what made the crossbow different (laughs) you know or like let's talk about um you know politics in normandy you know and the struggle for and like i loved that stuff i learned so much through it um and it was just comforting to play um i also have have gone back to roller coaster tycoon over and over and over again um, and I, I actually found Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic recently, which is basically just one and two wrapped together in one game, but much more playable on modern systems. And it was like, right. oh, I can put you on and just, you know, I've had a hard day. Let me start building a park. You know, I'm awful at building roller coasters, but it doesn't matter. I, just, I have fun. I'm I'm actually pretty good at Roller Coaster Tycoon, unlike Age of Empires. Um Sadly, one of my maybe my top comfort game of recent years was Overwatch. And that's really been something I haven't been able to go back to for a little while because of stuff with Activision. And I'm very hopeful that things will. A lot of people have already been given the boot, and I'm really hopeful that that Kotick is not going to last post Microsoft acquisition. I, 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 I would post, agree with that. I mean, the fact that California and now the state of New York, like there's so many lawsuits, like it's, it, it makes me feel hope that maybe when overwatch two is a thing that like 
maybe I can go to that with less guilt on my conscience. But I Overwatch was something I I haven't I can't because I I love over I love Overwatch. It's a See, really good, I'm so good like randomly pretty good at it and I love the characters and I love the aesthetic and I love the moment to moment gameplay and I love how easy it is for me to get in and play mm-hmm. like non-competitively because I don't do competitive shit. I don't, I'm so far past, I'm 30. I don't have time to do <laughs> that stuff anymore, but like I can just get on, play a few rounds, have a blast, you know, and I haven't been able to do that since a lot of the Activision news has been coming out. So, you know, I'm really hopeful that I can get wrapped up because I, despite the memes, the, the memetic, dismissal of overwatch 2 i think it's going to be incredible and i'm looking forward to it and i just hope that i will actually be able to play it without feeling awful for doing so so justin what about you buddy comfort game what is a comfort game to you so i've got a couple uh a big one is the uncharted series any of them oh those are so good i I, yeah i'll always love those i've always been a fan of like you know pulp adventure stuff since i was a kid and they're just such a great like you know example of that like and I, i love that cast i love the settings i love the way those games play i can play them forever over and over again and i have um many many times um since the first one um like that was a game i picked up on a whim uh you know i i had gotten a ps3 just for metal gear solid 4 and then i realized i'm like i don't know what else this thing has and i don't really like so i remember just being um being at the store and just picking up the first uncharted and i'm like i'll give this a shot and like i saw you know i'm like okay naughty dog made jack and daxter those were all right like let's see um and i loved it and i mean i that game has obviously aged not as well as the rest of the series for sure yeah but um i remember i was being so into it i was so into it and when i got back because this was the summer after my freshman year in college I remember when I got back that fall, my, my roommate who, you know, always had like a big Indiana Jones poster over his bed. I'm like, you you got to play this game. Oh, yeah. Those um, are my favorite favorite movies and, of all time. Yeah. And, then, and, he, and he fell in love with it, too. So um, those games have a very, very soft spot in my heart. But like also, um, I just really love a good old fashioned like FPS campaign. There's something about like, you know, proper single player fps campaign that's just so much fun um and like recently i've really been thinking about it and lamenting that like every new shooter project is some kind of multiplayer thing from developers big and small and it really sucks because like a huge portion of why i love that genre is just seeming like it's falling by the wayside and it's a it's a real bummer especially since we've had times when there was like you know, several amazing ones coming out like every few months and stuff. Um, it's a bummer, but like, yeah, l- lately, like Doom Eternal is something I- I've just thrown on just for uh, just for, you know, that kind of quick action um, stuff. And obviously I played like Destiny, which is a little bit different, but, you know, still Bungie FPS. Um, but yeah, th- those are kind of like the big ones for me. 
I um like obviously like look yes I'm gonna say Final Fantasy VI is my ultimate. John, how many favorite. times have you played it just this year? Twice. I thought it was like three or four. No, it was, it's been twice. So I've I've played the uh, Super Nintendo version right before the Pixel Remaster version came out, so I could could uh, contrast and compare. Um, okay, but but think? also what's that? What do you think about the differences? Because I like I I started it and then I got stuck and now I want to restart it. So, so I, I, I I loved it. Um, you know the the music is just absolutely god tier in, in all the Pixel remasters. The music is just fucking incredible. Derek was streaming Final Fantasy IV Pixel Remaster, and when that boss team kicked in, like he was he was he like ascended. Oh, into I got the like the stanky face. Yeah, it was yeah. great. Um, well, and the, they're more generous with uh, experience and gold on random yep. battles. I've noticed. So like grinding is way which. One. Please also, let me eliminate the grind and more JRPGs. Like Final yeah. Fantasy VI is harder. Uh, the the Pixel Remaster is harder. I actually died on some of the bosses, which literally never fucking happens. Um, I was actually shocked. I was like, "Why the fuck am I dying against the tunnel armor? Like, what the fuck is happening?" Um, but the the Pixel Remaster took a game that is a very deep personal meaning to me and just improved in every aspect of it. Um. And, uh, you know, Final Fantasy VI, to me, I mean, that game is is the reason that I'm as passionate about video games as I am. It's it, That game literally saved my life in a time where I really needed it. And to this day, you know, I, um, I you know, I play it not just annually, but sometimes twice a year. And I have ever since release. Um, just because it's like a, it's like a book I can pick up and, and read again. And, uh, like Danny said earlier, I know how it's going to end and that's extremely comforting to me, you know, or it, it just, it, it is just unbelievable. Like I, and I'm like starting stumbling over my words because I can't find the words to describe just how much this game means to me. Um, but you know, right now in the, everything sucks like let's face it everything kind of fucking sucks right now and i know that it's got a lot of people worried um me probably everyone else on this podcast uh, people we interact with on social media and in our in our everyday lives everything seems like it's just kind of like burning to the ground right now um working in news is great right now i i can't even fucking imagine um and you know the only words of comfort I have are, you know, if you're listening to this, go find something that that makes you feel warm. It doesn't have to be a game. It can be a book or a movie or a, a poem or like fucking anything. Like find something to to hold on to and 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 kind of anchor you in the moment because self care right now. And, and yeah, we're talking specifically about games because this is a video game oriented podcast. But self care right now is occasionally more historical conspiracy theory podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> if, if, if you need to, you know what? If you want to read about Vlad Dracula Tepish and and you know what he did in Wallachia, Vlad was not um, a girl boss. He was not, and 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 <laughs> Vlad was a very bad guy. And but but you know what? If if that's if if that is what makes you feel comforted. I question your life choices, but hey, go for it. You know, like like everybody needs something to to make themselves feel a little safer uh, right now. Um, I don't think self-care has ever been important 
in the it's, it's certainly more important than it has been in a decade um because over the past couple of years we've just been through so much uh as the as a as a as a people um and i just hope everybody out there like this conversation's got me thinking like i hope everybody out there listening to this is taking care of care of themselves and each other um because you you absolutely matter um sorry i didn't mean to get all all wax all poetic but uh, it's it's just you know you big mushy teddy bear yeah whatever um whatever that's the sort of thing that everyone needs to hear pretty yeah. regularly i think especially now so you know what's fucked up though is derek mentioned resident evil 4 earlier that's another huge comfort game for me and you wouldn't oh. it's weird to think that i can go back to oh that, but, that was that was one for me for it was fucked up for I, him can, to mention. I can go awesome. back to so right? many resident evil games there's such great like popcorn for me but like well, well, like, and again, it's a sense of solitude, right? Like, I this is going to sound really fucking weird, but something that is like oddly comforting for me is just firing up Resident Evil 2 Remake and sitting in one of the save rooms and just listening to Mr. X stomp around two floors up. I don't know why, but I'm like, ah, oh, it's just me. Like, he, I'm just. He can't I'm, get to you. He can't get to me. I and, would love you know, for a gamer therapist to unpack that, but. Unfortunately, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you know, we'll have to get Dr. B on here. Yeah, we got to get Dr. B to unpack. Um, and, and maybe, maybe we can do like, he can sit me on the virtual couch and we'll talk about this. Cause I agree. It's really fucked up that that is a, a therapeutic thing for me. I, I, I don't understand it myself. Um, like but trauma we are. For me. <laughs> what, was, what was that? Jenny? It's just in, instant trauma for me. Like, oh God, I'm going to die. Yeah, I don't, yeah, yeah, I don't fucking get it. I don't Mr. understand why. I don't understand why it does that for me, but it does. Um, See, because for me, wrap- Resident Evil is all about the progression. It's it's about like the constant checking off of the next ob- like objective and progression, and the fact that I know the steps and it's a comfortable dance. But it's like kind of learning, same thing with learning and moving around the space. It's and, kind of the same thing with me about right. Dark Souls. Like Dark Souls, I love the atmosphere, but like, why do I love going back to Dark Souls over and over again? Because it's it is a comfortable set of of objectives that i am i go okay well now i've got to get through the capra demon and i know how to do this and then next i'm gonna do this and you know and feeling that progress so kind of similarly to what you were saying with um with age of empires too um very similar and the like i was playing that when i was in a I, you know, I was in a, I was in a nice little spot in my life where I had Final Fantasy and video games and school, and that was it. Um, but that and like Civ, Civ Five and Four and Six, kind of. Um, that's the sort of game where I can just sit down and play it for like thirteen hours, and then, you know, tell everyone about my knowledge of trebuchets. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, it, was, it was excellent when I went to Scotland. Just like, oh, I know what these are. Well, it's like I'm gonna get off here tonight and then clean the kitchen while I just bluetooth the balam garden theme to my <laughs> google home for a while <laughs> yeah I, like, I just i just had some stuff going on where i like i needed to calm down so it's like okay blue fields balam garden yes. we're set like yep yeah for me for me it's got to be um it's got to be the entirety of uh omen from uh final fantasy 6 that you know the the opening to you know walking through the snow fields um the the other the other really therapeutic music from a game for me actually comes from Secret of Mana. Uh, and that is, it, it's uh, it's a track called uh, Now Flightless Wings. 
It's the very it's at the very end when the sprite like you know the, you know the game's over. It, it's it's the credits music basically. It's it's so fucking chill, and uh, yeah. But uh, I don't don't that's another topic for another day. But uh, it's time for us to wrap up here. Um, before we close out here. Uh, I do want to thank our audience. Um, our numbers for 2021 were. Oh, let's really... not do the numbers. No, thing. no, 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 no. I'm not going to actually say what the numbers were. What I am going to say is, uh, for a small podcast, we're doing pretty good, and I, I really love the, I really love our community. I, I love the community we built. Um, and uh and i just wanted to you know i was really happy with with how we're doing and especially given how small we are and i just wanted to thank everyone listening uh we wouldn't be where we are now without uh us and uh, any of you um you're not just our community you're our family and i i really really appreciate you all and i hope you're all taking care of each other um I know you like i i know you are because i i truly believe we have the best most wholesome community in the entire industry um and I'll, I'll put that against literally anyone uh so so yeah i just wanted to i just wanted to say thank you thank you so much for 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 sticking around with us for sticking around with us for uh as long as you have it it means the world to all of us and really really puts a smile on my face recently so thank you so much um danny if people want to follow you on twitter where can they find you matron idea so m-a-t-r-o-n-e-d-e-a you played final fantasy 8 you probably understand i get the reference i understand <laughs> the reference um and uh, no uh, danny thank you so much for joining us tonight uh I, I i hope that uh i hope that you'll come back and and uh guest with us again at some point soon that'd be awesome thank you so much for the invitation of course absolutely and thank you for accepting on such uh, short notice um we do have a discord if you're not already a member of our discord oh, uh right. we're almost Rar at four is at the movies so i'll Rar is at the movies the so you'll do it we're almost at 400 people on our discord guys i want us to get to 500 by the by year's end um but we're almost at 400 so uh yeah fucking i i can't believe we've 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 grown this much but but please join our discord we've also got some really cool t-shirts and mugs and hoodies and such that you can buy um Every single dollar goes to a number of charities between Black Girls Code and uh, the Trevor Project and Able Gamers. Uh, so please go support some good causes and look and feel really good because our shit is super comfortable. Uh, and of course, you could find us on Twitter at uh, official SDGC. And of course, we're here live every Thursday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Derek, you are working on a review for a game that we can't talk about yet, but when can we expect your review? I don't even know if saying that gives too much away and I'm going Dude. to given given the strictness of the uh, embargo I'm I'm going to soon soon enough soon enough soon enough yeah. soon enough I know what you're playing Derek and I'm very yeah. excited for you It's not like I'm a huge game excited. or anything but it's it's definitely very cool so I, I am I am very excited to hear your thoughts on this. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, uh, if nothing, uh, if nobody has anything else, it was a slow week, uh, but I think we made it work. So thank thank you to everyone for sticking around. And of course, remember that kindness costs nothing. We will see you next week. Please take care of each other. <laughs>